So we have the great showdown today in the first reading between King Ahab and the prophet Elijah. King Ahab with his hundreds of uh, pagan prophets versus uh, Elijah, just him. And um, of course, the, the sort of context of the background is that Ahab was, uh, was the king of Israel at the time uh, and an evil one at that. In fact, uh, it's said that uh, he did more to anger God than all of the kings before him. Uh, and he, you know, one of the, the ways he did that was, was by worshipping uh, pagan gods, you know, idols and, and, and you know, building altars and encouraging others to do the same. Then, of course, there was Elijah, and Elijah was uh, the prophet of God who came to call the people to repentance and to turn their hearts back to the one true God, right? So uh, today we hear how it all came to a head in this showdown, right? Uh, The prophet says um, says to the king and says to the people, if the Lord is God... He says, uh, how long do you mean to hobble first on one leg and then on the other? You know, sort of just, you know, going to God when you need him and going to the other gods. You know. He says, if the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal, if Baal is God, follow him. And then he challenges them. He says, why don't you test whether the gods that you are putting your trust in are really trustworthy? And he gives them a way of doing that, right? He says, all right, let's get two bulls. And uh, you, you ask your gods to cast down fire on your bull, and I'll get my god to cast down fire on, on, on my bull. And let's see. <laughs> let's see whose god is real. And, uh, and we heard the story, right? They, um, they get their, their bull ready, and then they, for hours, they're, they're, they're calling out to their god, And they're shouting and they're crying and they're dancing and they're gashing themselves and bleeding. And, you know, seemingly they really do believe that this God, these gods, these pagan gods, these idols are are, are powerful. Right. But no fire. No power. Then, of course, the prophet, he... uh, prepares his altar, prepares his bull, and just calls on the name of his God. And down comes the fire, right? Down comes the power. And the people saw this and they fell on their faces and they acknowledged the true God. Now, this might sound like a nice story, right? Uh, we might think, oh, yeah, there you go. God, you know, has come through. Oh, what a great God, you know. <laughs> but the challenge for us is to question ourselves, well, well, do I have confidence that my God will also come through for me if I call upon him? Elijah's challenge is not just for the people of his day, but it's a challenge for us too. Do I really believe that God will come through for me? Or am I placing my trust and hope in other gods, whatever they may be, right? Other securities. Which God will I follow? 
Am I sort of hobbling on one leg on the other? <laughs> to what degree am I truly trusting and following and, and, and uh, relying upon my God? I suspect um, that we hear these stories of God in the scriptures, you know, God performing miracles in people's lives, God, um, you know, God's victory uh, being manifest. And we might think, oh, yeah, that, that was God back, you know, God did that stuff back then, you know, in the time of Jesus, he did it in the Old Testament. Uh, but, but, you know, you know, I don't think we can expect God to do those kinds of things now, you know. Um, it's a different time or something. I don't know. <laughs> I suspect if we really test ourselves, we, we may think that. But, you know, if we look to the lives of the saints, um, they would say, no, God hasn't stopped doing miracles. God's victory is still as evident in our world or can be as evident in our world and in our lives. God's power is available to us, the saints would say. The problem is, we're not open to it as, as much as we think we are. We're not willing to take that kind of risk that the prophet Elijah took, right? We kind of hedge our bets too much. We're not surrendered enough, I think that the saints would say. We haven't abandoned ourselves to God's will enough. Yes, we look to God, but we, we look to God for what we think we need and what we want, right? It's kind of like the people back in the time of the idols. They, they, you know, they had more control over the idol gods. They didn't really have to surrender to them, right? Now, as I'm sure we all know, in, in all of our lack of trust, in, in, in all, of, all, of our, all the ways that we fail to really uh, give ourselves over to uh, our, our God, uh, we know that in his graciousness, he continues to do beautiful things in our lives, right, and to work miracles. Like, God won't stop, right? But I think the point uh, of this little um, reminder today is that we can so often limit God's power in our lives, right? We've just celebrated Pentecost, the coming of God's spirit, his, his life being deposited into us. But, but if we aren't able to, to really trust in that power, to, to abandon ourselves, uh, to rely upon uh, this God of ours, then we, we, we will inevitably be limiting what God is able to do in our lives, we need to give God the room to, to do what God wants to do, right? I think the, the clue for us today, or the encouragement comes in our gospel acclamation, actually. Teach me your paths, my God, and lead me in your truth. At the heart of the psalmist, right? Teach me your paths, my God, and lead me in, my, in, your, in your truth. See, hear that heart? It's a heart of surrender, of abandoning God. I, I want to. Um, <clears throat> I want to be open to what where you where you lead me to what you want to teach me. It's a heart of it's a, it's a heart of surrender. See, I, I think when we're truly open to God's power and to God's to God's victory, uh, then it it will manifest in our lives if we're really surrendered to it, really seeking God to, to move, 
to speak into a situation or, or a circumstance or, or, or to, you know, the more, the more we're really seeking it, the more we will find it. And, and, and God will move, not always in the ways that we think, right? Not always what we ask for or what we expect, but God will move. He'll always bring about healing. He'll always, uh, you know, continue the work of, of sanctification in our lives. He, he'll always give us what we really need. That the power and the authority of God will show up in our life to the degree that we're, we're docile and, and obedient and trusting in his will.